Podcast. I am your host, Michael Shields. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Across the Margin of the Podcast is part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com to check out the vast array of podcasts they have to offer. That's OsirisPod.com. I am really thrilled to share with you this episode today as happiness and positivity persist at the heart of it. We've addressed some weighty and, of course, important topics here recently. From examining evidence of authoritarian characteristics in the current United States government and to looking at the role of policing in America and dissecting what truly happened in New Orleans and who was authentically to blame after Hurricane Katrina, we've really dug in deep on some serious issues as of late. And while we've had some fun along the way with filmmaker Kareem Taps, and most recently with the reggae hip-hop act Roots and Tings, I'm excited to present an episode overflowing with positivity today. Last Saturday, the 7th of November, after a pretty stressful week throughout the country, there was a sigh of relief for many across the states. Here in New York, a collective celebration broke out where smiles long unseen were spotted at every turn and dancing and song literally filled the streets for hours on end. I have to tell you, it felt good felt good to feel good. A hint hung over, and easing into the Sunday that followed, I perused the stacks of unread books that flanked my desk, and one stood out, assuredly because I want to hang on to that previous day's feeling as long as possible, because I wanted to continue to focus on what's good in the world. That book, shining like a beacon, calling out to be read, was entitled Happiness is an Option, Thriving Instead of Surviving in the Era of the Internet, and it's by Dr. Linda Ulrich, who is on the program here today. Linda is a wonderful human being, spreading an absolutely beautiful message. Her book, The Aforementioned Happiness is an Option, is sort of a response to all the negativity found in the news and on social media. Negativity that is there not because the world is wholly a negative place, but because that drives ratings or cultivates clicks. In Happiness is an Option, Linda celebrates all that humans have in common and explores ways we can change the negative dialogue about the world around us. And with that, what's possible in the future? Her book shares insights we can use to have more joy, less fear, and a more positive outlook in the age of the internet. Linda is also the founder of an excellent website called Ever Widening Circles, a site dedicated to highlighting how beautiful the world is, how full of wonderment, discovery, and compassion it is. At Ever Widening Circles, you can find articles about remarkable innovation occurring throughout the world and stories and links to thought leaders who are making the world a better place for humankind. It's a place oozing positivity and inspiration. I loved speaking with Linda. We discussed the joy and wonder found at Ever Widening Circles. We talked about an uplifting concept called the conspiracy of goodness. And Linda explained four shifts, a quartet of recommendations she crafted to better navigate the internet's pessimistic waters and spread positivity throughout the web. And we talked a whole lot more about what you can find within happiness is an option. I love this conversation. I know that you will enjoy it here is my interview with Dr. Linda Ulrich. Podcast. Thank you for the time again. I loved your book. I love your website and, and just all you're doing, really. But um, while I'm excited to talk about, you know, 
all the exciting content <clears throat> of the book, I'd love to start by asking you about the website, um, Ever Widening Circles. Um, uh, I think you'd be pleased to hear that I've added it to kind of a, a daily visit, stop through for a dose, uh, shot in the arm of positivity. But um, can you explain some to listeners um, whatever, what, what they can find there at your website? Yeah, well, you know, we, um, I, I'm a dentist for 30 years, mm-hmm. and, and I really have been very, very, very focused on keeping the humanity in healthcare. And so I have deep relationships with people for years. And even as far back, Michael, as 2010, 11, 12, I was starting to see a kind of a sense of future fatalism mm-hmm. creeping into the conversations I was having with otherwise really chipper people. And, um, and I kept saying, so somebody's got to do something about that. There's got to be a place for good news on the web. And you know you do that. Somebody's got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. And then one day I got an email from a, a kid that I'd known since he was a toddler from a foxhole out in the world. And he thought of me when he was at his very lowest oh, wow. and was asking for fine Pope. Basically, I, I'd been, I must have been somebody in his life who always gave him something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell you, that's when I snapped. So, Michael, I went on a great search of the Internet for someplace with no politics that could appeal to people of any generation and culture and, no and dice, preserve huh? everybody's uh, yeah and, <laughs> and 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 celebrate what's good in the world yeah. and when i found nothing i created it that was uh 2014 and so now we've published thousands of articles with thousands of links to goodness in the world to remind us all what we have in common and that there are, there is plenty to celebrate I love that. I love just finding that gap and then, you know, stepping in and filling it. And it's a gap that needed to be filled. We need that sort of positivity. And, and I find that inspiring. I, I love the name, too. It comes from the idea mm. of skipping stones, right? And, and the circles that form and resonate out into the world. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the way it is reality. Whatever we say and do, it goes out in ever widening circles. And, you know, you're such a um, such a great uh, uh, reader, you probably know about Rilke. That's mm-hmm. that's a that, that comes from a Rilke poem. Mm-hmm. It's called Widening Circles. It's a beautiful short piece. I wish I was good at memorizing, <laughs> um, and I'd share it with you. But everything came into place about the time I got that email from Cameron, and I just I just jumped in and became to do something. Love it, love it. It's a, it's, it's inspiring. That's what an honor him reaching out to you in that way too. That obviously you meant something in a big big way. Um, a big yeah. concept in your book is the existence of a conspiracy of goodness. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you could explain what that is. What is the conspiracy of goodness? Well, we've got a, we've got a little time here, and you know, were you would you like me to actually tell the story where the conspiracy of goodness those three words come from? Absolutely. It, if you if okay, you're inclined, please. Well, I'll actually read it right from the book Do because I, I've never been able to tell it as Do good it. as. It went there. Okay. So not many people know that during World War II, the small village of Le Chambon, France, saved 3,500 Jews from the Nazi concentration camp. Without any formal organization and at great risk to their own lives, the people in this tiny village managed to save thousands of strangers, most of them orphans, for several years. Now, in 1987, Rabbi Harold Schulweis was giving a talk about this chapter of history in Europe. And he said at the end of his talk, an old man stood up in the back of the room to say that he'd been one of the Dutch rescuers. And the old man asked, why does everyone focus 
solely on the conspiracy of evil that was World War II. Mm -hmm. He said, do you think I could have saved an entire family without the active participation of the milkman, the mailman, and the neighbors? No, the old man said, for every one person saved, there were seven who were rescued. Mm -hmm. It was a conspiracy of goodness. Love it. Love it. And to me, that, that depicts, that is who we are, Michael. Mm -hmm. We are mm -hmm. not who we're seeing on social media totally. and the internet right now. Yep. Uh, it's, and I was glad to see this included, um, the quote from Mr. Rogers, and th that makes me think of it, you know, in emergencies, look for the helpers. And I think look that, for the helpers. Look for the help. And that was the focus. That's what he was saying is, you know, everyone's looking at all this evil. Look at the good, you know, and, and yeah. you know, once you start looking at the good, I, I think it comes to you more, you know, it's, it's once, you, once you open that door. Um, mm -hmm. Chapter three uh, of happiness is an option is simply titled be kinder than you need. And that struck me as I, I often, um, I kind of remind myself as a sort of mantra, like you can always be kinder. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, I always see like if, if I can't find a way to better myself uh, on a certain day in any way, I can always be kinder that day. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, uh, you mentioned how being kinder than you need to be is how you and your husband, you both learn to respond to the harshness of the world. And I was wondering if you could speak to how so. So in that statement, one of the things I learned early on, I, this is way off topic, but I'll just mention Please, it. I, I have a cousin. Okay. I have a cousin who was a really high-ranking doctor in the National Guard, and he became Saddam Hussein's physician oh, wow. in the last <laughs> five months of his life. Yeah, what, what does that sound like? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I learned this be kinder than you need to me uh, statement <laughs> when I was a child. We grew up in a farming town in Illinois where, where that's just the rule. The order of the day is be kinder than you need to be. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But it was all brought back to me when – Stephen, my, my physician cousin, told me the story of how he got to know Saddam Hussein very well because he had, he had heart disease and diabetes, so he had to visit him every day. And, you know, he told me one day they got to talk a lot. And Saddam Hussein thought he did nothing wrong. He thought that he was actually, he made points like, you know, people had electricity when I was in, they had clean water yeah. when I was in power, yeah. all these things that went right away as soon as, you know. Things went wrong there. And he thought he was making the world a better place. I mean, wow. here's where the be kinder than you need to be magic is. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that many human beings wake up every morning and say, I'm going to be a jerk today. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think that everybody is sort of carrying their burdens. Some people carry their burdens better than others. Mm -hmm. And when you say, like when my brother and I might have a little I'll say, be kind. Mm -hmm. And he thinks he's being kind. Yeah. But if I say, Alex, be kinder than you need to be, that's a whole different ask. Yeah. Because we can all step up our game. Mm -hmm. And wherever you start thinking who you are today, if we all just be kinder than we think we need to be, that raises, that's pebbles in the pond. Yeah. That's the radiating circle mm -hmm. going out. Yeah. So I, I've learned from a lot of experiences of life that, that 
if we find that magic where we can rise above the, the, you know, following our emotions over a cliff and just practice that one thing, just steady ourselves in the moment and be kinder than we need to be, we could, we could open a whole new era. Yeah. I can't even imagine if everybody, you know, or or a good percentage of people were, were, challenging themselves in that way what, what the world would feel like it's just it, it's incredible yeah. to, to imagine you know um can i also offer a number you probably remember that little number that how many people it would actually take to open a new era do you remember that part of the book yes i have I... something to add to that too was it 25 percent <laughs> that tipping point yes okay, yes okay. you know I want to, I want to, I want to share this with you. So, um, I recently interviewed Eric Holthouse. He's, um, a meteorologist and, a really, really, um, impressive, um, climate change advocate. And he's really, he's doing so much. He just wrote a book called the future earth. Um, it's, oh, that's it's a, one on my list. It's a, that's it's one a on my list. wonderful read. So in it, um, spoiler to you about to read it, but it's just a small section. He talks about Harvard, um, political scientist, Eric, uh, Chenoweth, and she discovered, um, in, in her research, a very empowering truth about the science of revolution. And throughout the 20th century, every single nonviolent movement to create political change that received active participation from at least, and get this number, only 3.5% of the population succeeded. Every single one. And, and some succeeded with even fewer percentage of the people. So I, I know that number of 25 is so hopeful, but it's yeah. also, it, it's, wow. it can be less too. I think that's so exciting. Wow. Yeah. And so in the U.S., if you just think about our country, that is, if 11 million people are actively believing in something and working towards something, it can happen. I think that's so inspiring. I've got goosebumps head to <laughs> I'm telling you. you know, that's uh, what's, what's so good about what Eric does is, um, you know, a lot of, I read a lot about climate change. And a lot of it's pretty, pretty, you know, daunting. And, and uh-huh. he offers, um, he imagines the world if we did make the changes we need to in, in such a hopeful way. So um, I know you'll be real, real excited to read that one. And I'm glad you brought up that oh. number. It's so hopeful. Mm. Yeah. And that's, uh, these numbers don't just come from anywhere. You know, that the world, uh, the World Economic Forum, you know, yep. the, the number that I use in the book comes from the, a study um, that was brought out from the World um, Economic Forum done by University of London and, and the University of Pennsylvania. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there's it's some... It's not made up. There. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's real, real deal. Um, I don't think we can move uh, forward without mentioning kind of what is maybe could be looked at as like the anchor of your book. It's, uh, it's these um, a series of shifts that you present that can help take back... Um, you know, our peace of mind in an age, as you say, that seems uh, help, uh, seems bent on crushing it. Um, and these shifts are responses to the negativity of uh, that is found on the internet. Um, I was wondering if you could talk, I know it's kind of a loaded question because these four shifts are explored each on their own in the book, but I was wondering in any way you wanted to, if you could explain or talk about these four shifts and what they can do for us. Okay. I would love to do that because I really like in every interview I do, I love to leave people with something really practical nice. that they can just start immediately and use. Okay. I don't know. Yep. Maybe that's just a, quirk no, that's with a great, that's a great goal. It's awesome. Something pragmatic. Okay. So before I give you the four shifts, mm-hmm. there's just a fundamental little understanding that we all, that, you know, you think most people know by now, but really I'm finding out that people don't act like they know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. All right. Here it is. 
the number one thing keeping us from realizing how much we all have in common is that the internet has become an attention economy. Mm-hmm. This this thing, it's like it's like a machine in our lives that is constantly trying to dominate our attention. So and some people know, but not everybody, that now most of social media is designed to deliberately trigger our worst, most irresistible impulses, yep. fear, anger, and scarcity, and then amplify them. And that's all in the interest of capturing and then holding our attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that explains if you've been around long enough to have been a Facebook user in, let's say, 2007, when you're like, yay, I can go see my niece's baby to where we are now mm-hmm. on, on, on the internet. It wasn't like that in 2005. It's no. grown that direction. Nope. Okay, so here we are. And it is what it is. And we have this incredible force in our, on, in our lives online. And I, I, you know, I hear a lot of people just trying to drop out of social media entirely. I think that goes against our human nature because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we are social. So here's my four shifts. If we just do these four things um, using the internet as we used to, um, it will fundamentally change what you see on the screens in your life and pretty much back to those percentage numbers, change how the internet works for us all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, here it is. The first shift is super simple. Pause. Pause before you click on anything because someone is counting every click you make and you get more of what you click on. I think we've all seen that over and over mm-hmm. again. And, you know, by click, I say in the book, um, that's just any kind of engagement, a tap, a like, a share, a comment, anything like that tells content creators and your algorithms what you want more of. Your click is a vote. Mm -hmm. And what you click on, you will get more of, even if it's left you heartbroken, angry, or fearful. So that brings to shift number two. Ignore more. Turns out that we can ignore all this chaos building right into obscurity. And here's my really nice little practical tip. I went before I, I get curious about lots of things on the internet, just like everybody else. But before I click, I say to myself, "Do we need more of this?" And the emphasis is on the we, because it might be something that 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 is my team is saying that I'm rooting for. But do we all need it? Is it ratcheting up the drama? So if, when I ask myself, do we need more of this? And if I answer no, I figure I'm answering no to about 80% mm-hmm. of what I used to click on mm-hmm. out of anger or boredom. So that's a big help. And then the last two are really simple. Seek signs of goodness and progress. Because until you do the first two, pause and ignore more, mm-hmm. the Internet won't bring you yep. um, the kinds of goodness that's out there. But it is all out there. And that's the last one. The last shift is to share it. When you come across things that demonstrate the world is still an amazing place, share it because content creators are watching what we share very carefully. And we can share our way right into opening a new era. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a gift. You're giving, you're, you're giving a gift to those in your life. Yeah. And it's, I just, those, those are so, so practical. And just, I actually, um, you know, I was, I feel like I was, I've been trying to do it. Anyways, but you know, your book definitely made me think about it more, but just taking your time on what you decide to do, be purposeful on the internet. And and it just, it just, it goes such a long way. You mentioned two, uh, two things, anger and boredom, because besides these, uh, four shifts, you you kind of have another helpful piece of advice and that's, um, 
stop clicking on the ABCs. What are the what are the ABCs? Yeah, you know, when I uh, when I talk about the, I talk a lot about a wave of goodness and progress mm-hmm. that's happening in the world that almost no one knows about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what we're pointing to to people do uh, at ever widening circles. So. Um, and a lot of people have pushed back at that and said, what's progress? Doesn't progress mean something different for everyone else? And, you know, I, I go, I flip that over and say, okay, just don't click on anything out of anger, boredom, or curiosity, mm-hmm. A, B, C. Anger, we all know, whatever makes us angry, even if it's, even if it's almost irresistible, like we feel like we have to defend something, don't click on it because you give that thing more link juice. And that's what rises to the top is what gets our attention. Nobody's deciding who's good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just an attention economy. So yeah. never click out of anger. And the quieter, the silence is death, the internet construct. Mm-hmm. If we can give the real negative um, outlaws <laughs> silence, and, and then the, the, the measured, thoughtful voices, the helpful people rise to the top. And boredom, you know how that works. Yes. We just scroll away at lunchtime and click for one second in and out of things. Yep. That is giving link juice to things that are absolutely built to capture our attention. Mm-hmm. That's when we're on autopilot the worst is when we're randomly clicking and scrolling. And that's giving life to all this mediocre, mean, or meaningless content. Absolutely. And then the curiosity. When I say curiosity, I am all for curiosity. Oh, yeah. Woo. You can tell in your yeah. book, yes. It's, yeah, I mean, so I what I mean by curiosity is don't click out of that kind of morbid curiosity. You know, the blobfish, the anaconda with the human being form in it. <laughs> yes, yep, the yep. the headline that says two death shifts docked in mm-hmm. Miami. No. <laughs> yeah, just the garbage, Never the garbage clickbait. You know that yeah. you know is just pulling you in for kind of you know nefarious or just you know right. mindless reasons. Right, yeah. right, and you know what? I'll forget to mention if I don't, but. Um, if people want a really quick access to the four shifts, mm-hmm. we, we've just gotten so many requests for that. And we realize that, that some people, now not very many on your uh, podcast would mm-hmm. be not readers, but some people want a quick reference. We've created a website called fourshifts.com. Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, either, yeah, it's very, very new. because F-O-U-R? we have so much. It, it, it's either way. Oh, Liesl, cool. Liesl, uh grabbed both domains, the number nice. four and mm-hmm. then S-H-I-F-T-S.com mm-hmm. or or the, the word spelled out because, you know, 10 minutes is the attention span that a lot of us have for, for things right now because life has so much chaos in it. Yeah. And we thought, okay, we can cut this book down to 10 minutes and mm-hmm. still change the world. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I like that respect for time, even on your website. Um, I, I love that, uh, each, um, article, it lets you know exactly yeah. what, you know, cause you know, that's fun to go to your site and just like, I have this amount of time and just get that piece of knowledge, that, that, that wonder in the world. It's really, right. really great. Um, we've, we've touched right. on some of the negativity uh, that's found on the internet and some of the ways in which they're purposefully, um, you know, being nefarious, but it really comes off in your book that you believe in the potential of the internet. And I, I really like that and, oh. and that it can be a force of good in our lives. That's the case, right? You really believe that. It, it it should be yeah. the, making creating the greatest leap in human potential, mm-hmm. you know, of of anything we humans have pulled together. Yep. And what we got to remember is that it didn't come with an owner's manual. Yeah, no. And 
Um, you probably remember this part in the book where I describe, let's keep it real simple. In 1993, there were only 130 websites. And by 2003, there were 40 million. It's nuts. It's nuts. And, you know, in 1993, the engineers were running in every day with great hope and like they would. They were trying to connect us all mm -hmm. to each other and information. But with that 10-year growth, it, it – it, it it got out of hand. It got out of everybody's hands. And then organizing principle had to evolve. And it evolved accidentally into this attention economy that yeah. we're struck, stuck with now. So I'm telling people like, okay, the Industrial Revolution got so bad at one point that rivers could be set on fire. Mm -hmm. And 12-year-olds were at sewing machines 15 mm -hmm. hours a day. That's how bad the Industrial Revolution got. It was a great idea that went wrong. We're, we're, we're right there with the internet right now. Yep. It's a great idea that, that lost its way. And now it's time for us to just really just use the common sense to change the role of the internet in our lives. And when we do that, a new era will open. Yeah. I can remember, I like you mentioning it. You describe kind of where we are um, as growing pains. And I, I really, oh, yeah. it's, I've looked at it a lot lately as, or I guess I, I forgive myself and forgive all of us for kind of, you know, what has happened in a ways. Cause I mean, this is, this all happened to us fast, this technology age, this internet age that we're experiencing. And it's a lot. And I, I understand how it went off the rails and, and how we're using it incorrectly. And, but it, absolutely it's time to realize that it did go off the rails and, and to steer it on back and that it can be uh, a yeah. force of positivity in our lives and, yeah. and, and now's the time. Now is the time. And when we can see it in stark reality, you know, I, um, the, the uh, Netflix documentary, the social dilemma, mm -hmm. I usually like to refer people to that because I tell you, none of us need more doom and gloom. Yeah. But if you have any qualms about what I'm, what I'm saying in the book or what I'm asserting here, you know, um, or if you've given your 10 year old a, tel a, a cell phone, mm -hmm. You know, that's like setting our 10-year-olds, our children, off loose in the jungle. We would never do it totally. without constant monitoring, mm -hmm. lots of education. But we, we, we're we just fumbling our way through this, and we just need to pull up and realize that, that, that we can create a, a, new, a, new, um, a new code of conduct there. Mm -hmm. What we've got now is, is like, an, like a toddler running with scissors. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and the first thing we got to do is stop running with it. You would never chase your toddler with scissors. Mm -mm. Nope. nope. <laughs> they might fall then. So what you do is you just pause. Yeah. And, you know, you decide what you're going to give your attention to. Just, just stay off autopilot on the Internet. And I tell you, what, what will start popping up is an entirely different world. I literally, Michael don't see the world that people are telling me is mm -hmm. there on the internet mm -hmm. um, because I, I am so, 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 so careful about what I give yeah. my attention to now. Yep. Yeah. You can really craft your timeline and your whole experience online uh, if you do it purposely in a way that really, you know, shows the light instead of the darkness. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's really yeah. possible. Um, this isn't a yeah. question, more of a comment, really. I just want to thank you for through your book and of course on your website, but putting me on to some truly amazing stories. I, I knew about light sale too, light sale too, but I didn't know it was um, crowdfunded. 
uh, the pothole lifesaver, Oliver and uh, Skatistan. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Bat- the Batman story, Topher White. These are uh, these are amazing, amazing <laughs> stories. It's mind blowing. Even um, one more thing. Um, I'm an arborist. One of the things I do. And uh, thank you for the little nod, mentioning how wondrous it is that um, trees communicate underground. <laughs> I, I, I love telling people that story. But these stories you tell in your book and on your website are just they're like they're outstanding and so thank you for some of them i didn't know about some. oh thank you so much you know um i'm i'm um my first ted talk is coming out tomorrow as a matter of fact (gasps) no fantastic yes that's awesome yes i'm so excited oh what timing here i can't wait to share it that's awesome yep yeah, I'm the closer for one of the uh, most important, largest TEDx's in the nice. country tomorrow. TEDx Naperville. Fantastic! Congrats. I tell you, that is a goosebump um, moment. That guy that's the that that produces and takes takes that one under yep. his wing. Yep. That TEDx is really magical, Amazing. and I'm I'm the closing talk in that because it's so. what I talk about. The conspiracy of goodness really mm-hmm. sums up all of his speakers. Yeah, but I mentioned that. Because that's another way for people. It won't be out on the real TED site for about a week. Okay. But that's another way for people to access the the four shift. Of mm-hmm. course, I go into a lot of it. But I mentioned awesome. it because I had to really get careful about which pro- which projects I mentioned in the TED talk because yeah. I only had such limited time. Yep. And I want. <laughs> I'm telling you, you picked them all. Those are the ones I mentioned. <laughs> nice. Those those ones. Yeah. There was a cra- it's just unbelievable. Skate a stand blew yeah. my mind. Uh, um, yeah. Topher. I look. I actually did a bunch of research and was looking into what he was doing in the rainforest. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And how about you know you're you're one a lover. Uh, by the way, the the trees, um, the tree beings is another podcast I'm going to listen to. Oh, good. I listen to a little ma- bit. They're, yeah. they're two wonderful people. They're, they're in New Amazing. Zealand. I, I love talking yeah. to them. It was great. Yep. Yeah. So mm. we wrote about that about that exact phenomenon. If people put fungus in the search yeah. box, strange. Uh-huh. As it may be, you're going to get a, a wonder. And another one I'll share with you, Michael, Please. before we run out of time, Please. is put bobtail squid. Oh. I'm talking about a level of wonder in nature. Um, so there's this little squid that um, ha- contains a belly full of light-producing bacteria. And he's got this incredible symbiotic relationship where at night he rises from the depths. And to a predatory fish down below, mm-hmm. his little body glows like a circle, and it looks like a full moon to the fish below that might eat him. <laughs> it, I mean. <laughs> that, it, it just it boggles the mind. <laughs> Nate, that boggles the mind. Have you seen um, Octopus Teacher yet on um, Netflix? No. You have to. It's really, it's, it's, it's about um, a researcher's like, relationship with an octopus it's mind-blowing you definitely oh, oh wait is that the one the guy that lived with one for a year in his yes. living room oh no 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 oh. no this was in the ocean this was definitely in the ocean yes it's, okay it's there's ab- one where a guy lives with one in his living room <laughs> oh, and his daughter actually develops a relationship with it it's <laughs> unbelievable you could never eat octopus again after you watch absolutely that and the same thing with this and i mean the more you research octopus it's just it, <laughs> it's just they, they're one of the most remarkable creatures on <laughs> this planet as far as i've come across it's amazing um, well, and I tell you, that is part of this conspiracy of goodness yes. as well, is our appreciation of what's under the log I'm looking out at right now. Mm-hmm. Our appreciation for the, the small wonders all around us in each other and, and just how things come to be. Yeah. We've got to get back to that. Totally. We, are, we are unbelievably 
kind, ingenious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a people. We cannot let the Internet define us as it has Definitely. or the world anymore. People are good. They're really, mm-hmm. really good. It's amazing. I guess yeah. that kind of steers us to, um, you know, I tend to ask authors to close interviews. Um, you know, what do you hope people take away from your book? And I don't know if I've been more excited to ask an author uh, just that. Um, oh, what oh. What is it that you hope um, readers or people who visit your site or, or experience your, your talks or, you know, what, what do you hope they walk away with? I hope that people realize that the Internet is only a slice of reality. And we can see the, the whole rest of the story about each other and the world if we go to the Internet and choose what to give our attention to. Because something has to rise to the top. It's built that way. If there's a, if, there's a, if you read on the, your Facebook page that your 10-year-old neighbor boy raised $400 for the Humane Society, for gosh sakes, don't just like that thing. Share it. Because he will inspire you and others and others of his peers. We can change the internet that we have now into something that will be unimaginable for progress for everyone. It is still an amazing world. We need to start seeing it and choosing to elevate it to the top. Absolutely. Pause, ignore, seek, share. It's really, that's wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, Thank you. Thanks for your book. I did, did a reminder that the, how amazing the world is. I think it's something we need to tell each other often. Um, and your book does that in an emphatic way. Uh, I love your website. I'm going to be visiting it often. And I'm glad to spread the word about both. And thank you so much for your time here today. I really appreciate it. It, it was a delight. <laughs> I've got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a glass of wine tonight and listen to these other podcasts that I discovered from you. Awesome.